0: I'm a member of the MUBIC organization, which is Multi-Unit Bowling Information Group, and we meet like three times a year, and it's a lot of great operators in that. And I'm saying the same thing. We just had a meeting earlier this month that the open bowling has been very good. League bowling has really leveled off in the decline, but it's it's leveled off and Mm -hmm. do near the business with leagues what the open play has made up for, and of course, pricing.
1: Awesome. So thank you so much for coming on today, Terry. I know you're a busy guy, but appreciate you taking a little time out of your day to join us. For people who have not had the pleasure of meeting you, tell me who you are and what companies you're working with.
0: All my name is Terry Brenneman. I have Bowler Supply, which is a retail and wholesale bowling distributor. And I have three bowling centers all in the Pennsylvania area. And you've been in the industry a long time. Wh- which side did you start on? Was it more on the, the centers or the, uh, the supply company? I actually purchased Bowler Supply in 1968. And it was basically a uh, pro shop in York. And we had okay. about 15 to 20 wholesale accounts that we went around to in service that the previous owner had it for about eight years before me. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. he passed away and mm-hmm. I was able to purchase from his widow and, and it wasn't a lot of money involved because it was pretty small and I just graduated from college. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. and So I had Bowler Supply since August 1968. Okay. And so over the years, I grew the wholesale business basically, and then in 1977, I purchased the bowling center, and uh, went on and purchased six more. I had a partner in five of them, and in the late '80s, he was older than I was, and he decided to retire. So I purchased his interest in the in the bowling centers over a few years, and 1999. I sold three of the centers to AMF. That's when they were greatly expanding. And so I have op- I had operated four of them, actually, until this past March. And I sold one that I had up in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, back in. And I'm just I'm winding down a little bit. Mm-hmm. I no plans to sell any of the three I have because two are in York and one is in Pottsville. I can manage those three and I'm fortunate. My son Andrew, and he's been with Bowler Supply ever since he was a very young boy. And he's Sounds really. Like you have too. Yes. Yeah. I was back then. I had dark. Right. And so you stuff. said straight out of college, you, you purchased it. Yes. Yes.
1: Wow. So that's, yes. yeah, your first I- business. And, in- it's. I've. Most people probably haven't seen the facility, but I've been fortunate to tour it. It's a massive facility. Very impressive. You've it a long well, way. Now
0: we, we have accounts from up in New England all the way down to Georgia. And I built solar supply on the premise. I have six full-time salesmen out on the road. And we deliver a lot of our merchandise, which is a bit unique in today's world. And it, there's been a large drop-off in distributors and I've credited a lot of my success to, of course, my salesmen do a great job, and to the fact that we maintain a personal contact with many of our customers through the regular visits of my salesmen. Yeah, and you said you have like, what, four figures of accounts, maybe up to a thousand or something? Today, it's probably a bit under a thousand. And of course, when I started, there were, I'm going to say about 7,000 bowling centers in the US. Yeah. And today mm-hmm. I believe we're under 4,000. Yeah, 3500 4000. Yeah. And just like my accounts, we've lost a lot of accounts over the years. Many smaller accounts have closed up and what you're left with are the the bigger centers and I must say uh, e- even though it's sad closures, the ones that are still there operating today, it's a lot of great centers, a lot of FECs and as people in the industry know, just about everything built the last 10, 12 years has been like an FEC right. center, and they do very well. Yep.
1: Yeah, they're having some of the best years ever. This year, last year, it seems we're definitely on a, a tailwind when it comes to the bowling side.
0: Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. And even though it's not nearly as many league bowlers today, people don't mm-hmm. want to make the commitment, they're still on. Awful lot of people at bowl that don't ju- join leagues, but they're still regular bowlers. And uh, yeah, I think the industry is doing pretty well overall. Yeah, absolutely. I read a stat that something
1: like just under 70 million people in the U.S. bowl at least once a country, bowl one, bowl once a year or more.
0: Yes. Yeah. And what the key is from <laughs> a, a rider standpoint is to try and get all those people to bowl Three or four times a year rather than one or one or right. Three. And with the pandemic, exactly. it really hurt a lot of businesses, but it's come back strong with the PPP mm-hmm. money. Many bowling proprietors, yeah, and businesses have actually done pretty well, and that's been the case with us.
1: Yeah, it's a good time. It was a good time to reinvest. Some of the weaker competitors maybe fell out, some, some a lot of restaurants and maybe smaller bars fall out. And then there's still the same amount of people who want to go out and we got a little money left from the PPE or whatever else. It's a good time to reinvest. And we're definitely seeing that this year.
0: Yes. I'm a member of the MUBIC organization, which is multi-unit bowling information group. And we meet like three times a year. And it's a lot of great operators in that. And I'm saying the same thing. We just had a meeting earlier this month that the open bowling has been very good league bowling has really leveled off in the decline but it's it's leveled off and mm-hmm. uh, do near the business with leagues but the open play has made up for it and of course pricing has really gone up in right up in price yeah. so, for everything yes yes
1: yeah. Yeah. yeah tell me then let's continue on that a little bit about today the present you're saying a lot of open play. What, what else are you guys
0: seeing in your centers or what seems to be working for the three centers you have today? I would say our open play on weekends has been very strong. And part of it is I have one center I would call a small FEC, Family Entertainment Center. Mm-hmm. And even in the other two, we have 15 to 18 games in the center. And even though bowling has gone up a lot in pricing, mm-hmm. it's still an affordable sport. And for many families, it's a great way to go out and spend time together. And yeah. so I think that's a real plus bowling has. And when I like to thank the people that have maintained their centers, and I think that's that's a key, it's vital that you're constantly updating and modernizing your center. People come in, and I think that they'll pay for it if. They think they're getting a good perceived value. I just see centers that are doing that are doing well. And virtually every new center built, again, in the last 10 or 12 years has been that type of center and many of them, anywhere from six to $15 million, a lot of, right. a lot of money invested. Absolutely. And, and as I know, some of the people you work with, they're doing the renovating and that's something you have to do. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I heard a good tip to always be dripping out new improvements all the time. So they feel like they're getting that value. So instead of just doing a revamp one time, fix everything and just let it go for a number of years, just always be putting a little bit back into it. Always, like you said, just fixing it up, showing the people that you care and you're putting money back into it.
0: I think that is a real key. And I've always tried to do something every year that the bowlers can see. Yeah, Let's face it, you put in a new $25,000 air conditioner They don't see it, so they don't understand the expenditure. And if you renovate your bathrooms, even repainting,
1: just things that
0: they see and feel and touch, then they're not as difficult to work with when you announce your new pieces for late and for open bowling. And it still isn't too bad. And we, every year, go up a little bit. We try and Mm -hmm. do something every year to show them. And of course, we try and tell them because many just don't understand that and they might not see the expenditure. So I think it's our job as a proprietor to inform them, hey, right. this is what we're doing. And right. We run a lot of different types of leagues. Traditionally, we don't have the five man team every night of the week, fill in the center. Very few double shifts or a nine yeah. o'clock shift. Mm-hmm. So. <clears throat> You try and make your money with the leagues during the week and Friday, Saturday, Sunday. You run events. Birthday parties have been very strong. Yeah, that one I know you guys do very well with. And we try and promote company parties, things like at fundraisers. We do a fair amount of fundraisers also. And it just try and create activity in the bowling to bring people in. And people like to be around people. It's nothing yeah. worse than walking into a bowling center. And you have one lane going, it's empty. It's like a Morgan. It'd be like walking into a bar. Right. Two people sitting there. and Right. And I do have bars, lounges in my three centers, and they all do pretty well. We try and cater a little outside to outside business, but predominantly uh, the majority of our business really is our bowling customers. People would come in. Yeah,
1: I wanted to touch back a little bit to the birthday parties because that is one thing you guys have done very well. What's uh, is it the package you put together, or the the way you promote it, or what do you think has caused you guys to do so well in that?
0: At my one center uh, that I call a small FEC, we had taken lanes out and we put in laser tags, and in that center I have about 35 games. Now we find the kids like to come in. And they like the idea, you can bowl a game or two. Mm. And they love the idea. Then I can go play a game or two of laser tag. And then I can go in the arcade and play the games. And we build into most of our birthday parties, bowling, laser tag, and games. I see. We do Mm -hmm. have some parties that are strictly bowling. We have parties that are strictly laser tag. The one thing the kids like are the games. Yeah. Um, And we've invested a lot of money in good games. Again, you can't offer old, tired games to the kids. Nope. And um, now when they have a cell phone in their hand, it's competing with it. Exactly. You know, exactly. And a good general mix in a lot of the modern bowling centers today, about a third of the revenues bowling, about a third of it has to do with food and beverage and about a third with your games and videos, whether you have laser tag or any other type of entertainment in there, but right. that's a pretty good mix. Yeah. Yeah. And it keeps you balanced. And then I'm sure
1: the three play off of each other. Someone might come into bowl, but then they see there's laser tag. So mm-hmm. then they're coming back for laser tag or it starts to create a cycle where you're getting yes. a bigger
0: crowd. And we do far more birthday parties at that center than my other two traditional centers i can um, see that <clears throat> but still even in those centers with a small arcade we have some expensive games and nice mm-hmm. games and <clears throat> it's it's a draw it really is and you always think about gee if i had more room for games and that begs the question do you need all the lane bets you have
1: right cool. yeah i'm seeing a lot of that too
0: yeah yeah See a lot of people pulling lanes out. That's right. It makes their business stronger. So what's what's worse? To be a traditional bowling center and your business leveled off and maybe declines or you take some lanes out and you see the business grow and it's more vibrant. And right. So I yeah. think a lot of operators have done well by doing
1: that. And it, it doesn't take a ton. You can pull out four lanes and that's a lot of space. You can fit it easily fit a whole arcade in there. I think maybe in in Philly, the our town, they pulled out maybe eight or ten, and they did an entire laser tag arena just with a couple a couple lanes there. So if you have forty yep. or fifty,
0: it's a lot of space. That's what I did. I took eight lanes out, and that allowed me to put in a twenty two hundred and fifty square foot yeah laser tag, which seven eight years ago was considered small. A a lot of what I perceive is the better operators. They seem to feel that's the right size and devote more space to the games themselves. Where before they were putting in 3,000 or bigger square foot laser tag arena. Yeah. So things evolve even in that end. And the virtual reality, uh, some of those games are real good, but some of the virtual reality standalones that people go and play, and you have to have an attendant put the headgear on and so forth, they aren't doing so well. Yeah. Um, it's hit or miss. Yeah. Yeah. It's hit or miss. And the labor is a big factor. And of course, we've all been hit shortages in the labor market. Right. Every every one of my businesses right now, I'm short in labor. I could add employees if I could only find them. Right. At every yep. business I have. Yeah. Everybody I talk to says the same story.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a a tight market out there. I think we'll see somewhat of an easing as there's some layoffs and things trickle down with any kind of recession
0: pullback. But it's tight. It's a tight labor market. You leave somebody like Joe Biden keep running things, and there'll be a lot of people looking for (laughs) jobs the way he's going. Yeah. Enough politics,
1: (laughs) Exactly. I did want to touch on one thing, though, with the recession is you've been through a lot of cycles for the economy do you see bowling as something that's recession-proof? Entertainment might be one of the first things to go, but bowling being affordable,
0: do you see that as an option where it's more sheltered from something like that? I definitely do. And I could tell you in the past, the 70s, 80s, and 90s, when we went through some of those recessions and downturns, bowling actually picked up in... Really? According to my memory of it. Yeah. Yeah. I I must say, I don't think that's so much of a factor anymore because I don't think bowling has the downturns maybe maybe that it once had years ago, but I've really never experienced much of a downturn in business. I'd like to say it's because of our employees and working hard and having the right product, but bowling is more of a recession-proof industry for sure than a lot of other ones. Yeah. And it's the social part, I think. People like to go out with friends, have a drink or two, spend a night together. It's just they don't want to do it maybe quite as long. More right. short season leagues are very popular. Yes. Uh, more mixed leagues are very popular. And we do it at almost every one where we have an offer for bowling and they get some food with it possibly, or they get some drinks with it. And those leagues have been very popular. Yeah.
1: Yeah, we've definitely seen that grow. The social league, where it's I maybe mean, non-sanctioned, like you said, shorter, could be yep. a couple eights back-to-back or substitute or something like that, where yep. it's not the same structure. But like you said, people want to come out. That becomes their night out of the week and becomes pretty enjoyable for people.
0: And there's something else that I want to mention I think is great for bowling. And that has been the after-school bowling programs and the youth bowling on high school level, we have seen it around here and across the country. High school bowling is really popular, and really uh, my my two granddaughters bowl, and uh, they go to tournaments. They bowl on their high school bowling team, which they won the Pennsylvania boys boys championship this year. Really, and. My two granddaughters are on the team because mm-hmm. they had a lack of other boys to bowl, and I've been to okay. tournaments <laughs> in the last few years, and I'll tell you, it's really great, and it's growing. Mm-hmm. Legion bowling is real strong out there, so there's a lot of young people that are really involved in bowling, which I think is good for the sport. Absolutely, That's the- and sometimes you can't go by statistics because there's a lot of unsanctioned bowling Mm -hmm. youth and adult, hardly any seniors are sanctioned. And so if you just look at industry figures, they can be very misleading for the strength of our sport. So uh, I don't think bowling is going to go away. I don't think we'll ever see second shifts come back. And uh, there's so many other alternative forms of recreation over Mm -hmm. the years that have taken away that yeah, I don't look for league bowling to ever really have a resurgence. Yeah, at least in its previous form, like
1: we're saying, that the social ones, yeah. which sometimes I'm seeing centers where that's three quarters of their league. Some people, it might be 20%, but some people, that's 75% of their leagues, but the non-sanctioned social, I'd see that continuing to grow. Yes. As people look for more community and you spend all day behind a computer, you want to get out and see friends and be out and about and feel something tactile with your hands, move around, and that's what the sport is all about.
0: Yes. Yes, I agree. I uh, I feel real positive about bowling. And I think it's a good solid industry, a good solid sport. And you meet an awful lot of nice people in it. And that's, that's what I think attracted me to it many years ago. And I was, I was a real avid bowler when I was very young. And that's how I got into business.
1: Yeah, and treated you well, it seems.
0: Yes. Yes, it has.
1: I want to piggyback on that, on your outlook of bowling and move to the future
0: of where you see things going in the next two to three years or so for the industry. I foresee more of the same like it is for the last couple of years. I think it's going to be steady. We don't look for it to go down at all unless we get in a terrible mm-hmm. recession, but I think it's going to continue to be solid. It'll grow for maybe two reasons. One, price increases. And I just see younger people coming into the business, coming into the sport, I should say. Boy, I think this summer, I've seen more people in my centers than I ever have. We run the Kids Bowl Free program, and that's been pretty successful. But talking to proprietors from around the country, everyone is real positive and upbeat. And I just think it, it offers a lot of value, bowling so I don't see it going away for reasons we talked about earlier. Maintain your center, run it, treat the customers right. And I think you're in a great
1: business. Yeah. Yeah. Like we were saying, a lot of people come in, but they come in one to two times a year. If you can get them to come in an extra one or two times a year, that's a huge increase in your
0: business. And you do that through giving them a good experience. Yes. And I'm, I'm soon to be 76. If I was younger, I would have no doubt about either building a center or buying an existing center, which I've done a few of in the past where I've come in and bought them and renovated them.
1: Yeah.
0: And they just turned around business went up, but I just, I always enjoy doing that and I miss that because I see areas around that really could use Mm -hmm. a well-run FEC, I think they'd do very well. I just don't have the, I don't have the strength anymore to go through all that. Sure, yeah. And You're it, it isn't 30. easy. But it isn't easy when you have to deal with the government and all yeah. their rules and regulations. But I think there's a lot of still great opportunities around. The industry. I think bowling is mm-hmm. going to be alive and well. And I think that my son, he's going to do well, continuing on Bowler Supply and hoping my family will run my bowling centers and keep that going.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And you said if someone's younger, there is a lot of opportunity out there for people who are ready to go into the next chapter, whether that's retirement or just want to do it anymore. It seems like there's a good amount of people who are ready to do that for the younger person who's enterprising and wants to take
0: that on. Yes. Yes. And again, Maybe the biggest problem I have in the industry and business is just getting young people who are willing to put the time in. We all know bowling is an evening and weekend sport, and that's when you're going to have to work. But to get people who would like to do, they can certainly move up and make a, right. make a good, solid living for the rest of their lives doing that. Yeah, absolutely. Sean, that I worked with, is a great example of that. Worked with you for a
1: long time, moved all the way up, and has a good living.
0: Yeah. Over, over the years, I'm actually pretty proud of this, but over over the years and people like Sean, who you met, moved from what we call a pin chaser bowling center yeah, and moved up and eventually became a manager. And over the years, I've had quite a few people who moved up the ladder and worked 30. I even have a couple 40-year employees, and they've, wow.
1: they've done well. Yeah, that's the truest testament to leadership of people who have, can grow underneath you and stay with you a long time.
0: Yes, and without a doubt. Without good employees, and I don't want to beat that old drum that, oh, gee, if I've won from my employees, I wouldn't be where I'm at. Sure. Part of that's true. And I'd like to think leadership is part of it. Yeah, I've had some great employees over the years. Absolutely. We're coming up on time. So I
1: wanted to finish up with one final question. And you you mentioned it a little bit, but if you were to give advice to a new proprietor, or maybe someone who wants to double down, or is at a crossroads, what would your number one piece of advice be to that proprietor?
0: Seek out other people in the industry that have been successful and Go talk to them. people in this industry are quite willing to share, but it's no magic formula. Just look what they've done to be successful. Most of the things that we talked about here and think for the long term, keep reinvesting and you'll be fine. It it isn't a magic thing that most people can't ever discover. They just have to think a little about it and then be willing to work at it. You have to work the right hours. Right. Yeah, just dedication over time, right?
1: Yes. I love that. Yeah, and like you said, seek out others. That's what this whole podcast is about, is talking to people who are successful, what they've done, to, to see how they got there, and maybe what they
0: can share or what worked for them. And Bowling has some good organizations, like the Bowling Proprietors Absolutely. Of Association of America. We have meetings a couple times a year. We go talk to your fellow proprietors, see what's going on, what works and what doesn't work. And there's a lot of free knowledge to be gained if you go out and look for it. Absolutely. And, And you just look at the people that are doing well, see what they're doing and then follow their lead. Absolutely. Yeah. I love that. Okay,
1: that's all I have for today, Terry. If someone's interested in Bowler Supply, wants to learn more if they're not already a customer or want to know more, what's the best way to, to find out more?
0: We have a website, and they can give us give us a call, and if anyone would ever like to talk to me, that's fine. Call Bowler Supply. We have a toll-free number, 1-800-632-1830, and I'd be glad to share any knowledge I have with anyone and almost every bowling center has websites you can go and look at and stop in and visit with people. So sure, if anyone would ever like to call, that'd be great. Wonderful.
1: Yeah, very generous of you. I can attest you've shared a lot with me as well over the years. So I appreciate that and appreciate you coming on today. It's been a pleasure.
0: Oh, sure. It's been great Great talking about this industry and about Mm -hmm. something, frankly, I've loved all my life and I'm very lucky. It's easy to go to work every day when it's something you (laughs) love to do. And so I've never considered it as a real job or hard work. Mm -hmm. I enjoy it so much and I enjoy the people in it and a lot of nice people in this industry. Absolutely.
1: Never work a day in your life if you love your
0: work. That is exactly right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mm awesome. Yeah, I can't think of a better note to end on than that. I appreciate your time, Terry.
0: Thank you. All righty. Forrest, nice talking to you. You as well. Okay.